Elemental Healing is a mind-body education podcast backed by evidence-based principles, bridging Western medicine with integrative modalities and intuitive philosophies. Hi, my name's Nicole Gentile, and I'm a physician associate and nutritional therapist. My goal is to share the clinical revelations I've discovered as both a provider and a patient, bringing you principles of self-healing through normalizing your inward connection. My hope is always to demonstrate how the micro affects the macro and that your optimal health is really quite elemental. Hi everyone, I'm so grateful that you're here. This is my first episode and while it may not fully reflect where I intend to travel with all the exciting discussions and interviews that I have lined up, I figured that my beta test needed to be about something near and dear to my heart. And that something has a lot to do with love. Okay, so I'm not talking about the romantic kind of love. There's a lot of podcasts and exciting novellas you'll find on here. And um, those are going to definitely endlessly entertain you with romance and perspective on relationships. But that's not what we're here to talk about. I'm talking about a different kind of love. To be quite honest, it's not even the one that I can fully pour into a descriptive mold. It's a little bit of self-love because... I do feel that self-love is an important access point for this greater kind of love, but I'm talking about an expansive, blissful, next level and beyond kind of love. Um, One that I used to think was really woo-woo when I used to hear about it. That is until I experienced it myself. Um, To give you a little background on on me, I've uh, worked in medicine for about 18 years um, in one capacity or another. I've been a healthcare provider Um, as a physician associate for, um, let's see, about 11 of those years now. I can do math, yay. (laughs) And before that, I worked in the field on ambulances. Um, I worked in the ER for quite a few years, Uh, did a little bit of time in family practice, Um, even interned uh, with a LASIK eye surgeon. So um, I've had the the honor and pleasure to work around a lot of people um, with different backgrounds. Um, So Um, I also want to add that I typically have a very scientific mind. Um, We have to practice evidence-based medicine. Um, You know, that's just the the best way to practice Western medicine, at least, Um, and really any kind of medicine, um, I believe, Uh, though I am slowly moving into intuitive um, healing, which we will get to. Uh, that's for another podcast, but we'll touch on that a little bit here. Um, so that's actually right where I want to be for this talk. Um, talking about the profession of health and healing, though it seems like the two have really become separate entities in these last couple of centuries. I'm sure, I'm sure you might agree. Well, today's discussion comes right out of the gates with a look at where the two actually intersect. Healing which in self implies action, it's a verb, an active process, and health, a noun, a state of being. They both meet at a common ground, and that common ground is you. So no matter what your background, your experience, you are a co-creator of your health. Now I'm going to pause myself right here and add the disclaimer that this is not an ableist discussion. This is not disregarding that many of us are born with what are recognized as handicaps or whatever other label we want to give it. Um, But, and some of us have something happen to us along the way, which changes the way we process the world around us physically, mentally, or emotionally. 
But instead, this is about what we do with what we have and where we go with it. It's different for everybody. And also what happens when any of us pack love along for that journey with us. So I want to start by establishing that healing is non-denominational. I'm sure it sounds funny that the two are together, but just bear with me. (laughs) The two descriptions, healing and non-denominational, why use those in the same sentence? We're going to find out in a second, so bear with me. So regardless of your tribe, your religion, or your personal beliefs, self-healing is accessible. And it's not exclusive to any particular spiritual perspective. That's because the ability to heal comes from the ability to apply your free will to step into willingness to be open to love. I'm going to say love with a capital L. Okay, so let's go some more with this. When individuals have a spiritual experience, probably feels like I'm taking a sharp left turn right now, but just come along for the ride with me. So when individuals have a spiritual experience or hit a really deep meditation, reach a transcendental state of consciousness, sit in the power, um, it's not uncommon for them to return to their awareness with the knowledge that they are loved, they are love, or some beautiful variation combination of both. In my personal experience, the direction of love's energy flow is often determined by where I choose to focus my intent. So I'm talking about like when I'm meditating, um, you know, whether it's like, you know, a walking meditation, or if I'm just kind of in a Zen state, um, channeling information, or just doing something that I love, like not even intentionally like reaching that state. Um, But when I focus my intent, let's see where we go with that. Okay, so for example, when I focus my intention on my own heart space, I tend to feel hear and then just know like a clear cognizance um, the sensations of I am love so broken down to every cell of my physical body starting with my heart and beyond still into every I don't know what we're going to call it definitive photon Um, I'm just going to use that terminology to randomly describe a measurement of if it were possible my soul So when I focus my energies on my crown chakra instead, I tend to feel my own energy of love overpowered by a far more expansive and engulfing, I am loved. This is kind of like the converse of the, um, I am love. This is, I am loved, just to be clear. This feeling and information has even caught me by surprise during meditation or slightly altered states of awareness where I'm not even concentrating on love or compassion, but boom, it's there and it's concentrating on me. It sounds just like it is. I'm saying it as if love itself is its own consciousness. And the further you jump into this rabbit hole, the more you feel it and see it. Okay, so while to some, this sounds like it might be an isolated or very personal experience. Why is she talking about this? Okay, the scientist in me, um, remember bachelor's of science and master's of medical science, was also skeptical until I began practicing Reiki. Okay, we're going to take another turn here and working with other individuals. Now, when I say other individuals, I mean people from all walks of life, some not even really open to Reiki, and they're just kind of to jeer or disprove. 
or just check it out even, but skeptics nonetheless. So before consciously working with energy medicine, um, we'll call that time BEM before energy medicine, <laughs> I was also offering cosmetic services from hydrofacials to skin pens, microneedling to injectables like Botox and fillers for patients. So I happen to be positioned around people's heads for longer periods of time than normal during social interactions. Usually, unless I was, you know, putting fillers into their face, um, they tended to be very relaxed. You know, you can imagine like a spa treatment. Um, so everyone's really relaxed and just kind of in this calm state. Um, prior to stepping into my spiritual place, I was working from, and I actually, I still do presently, um, very professional evidence-based Western medicine, kind of like a stuffy sort of dry position. That's just how I personally feel it is. Other people that work in medicine may not see it that way. I just have a slightly different perspective. I love it. It's just a little dry sometimes. Um, and I was finding that in this very professional setting, I was occasionally getting messages or these overwhelming feelings of love, safety, compassion, and connection while I was working near my patient's heads for lengths of time. Sounds really weird and like I should quit my job, right? Okay, so initially I scared a few patients off with messages that came through that nobody else would know about and they were totally freaked because some were very, very personal. Um, and they were all validated, but I will tell you, I never saw some of those patients again. Um, at that time, I did not have the experience to understand the compassion and caution with which those messages needed to be delivered at the time and um, was a little more overpowered by the excitement and mystery of where this was all coming from. Um, I mean, I found melanomas on patients because a voice told me to walk back into the room and have the patient undress again and look under their left bicep. And when I found a lesion that nobody else would think twice of biopsying after looking at it with my dermatoscope, the voice told me to just do it, you'll see. And it came back as a superficial spreading melanoma. Um, my patient and I can still barely believe it to this day. So just be clear. Um, <laughs> Those were very isolated incidents. Um, I used my phys my clinical knowledge and experience to diagnose uh, non-melanoma skin cancers and, you know, melanoma skin cancers. But um, there have been some strange exceptions. And this is kind of like my coming out podcast, I guess, um, because I feel like, you know, the world in general is kind of opening up to this a little bit more. So um, it's not every day that you go to see a doctor or a, a provider and, um, you know, they have a treatment plan for you. But guess what? There's a voice in their head that might have a slightly different treatment plan, too. Um, so, yeah, I know I sound nuts. But don't worry, the voices stopped for some time. I miss them, but I was also concerned that I was losing my mind and credibility as a professional. Um, a little concerned with this coming out podcast as well. <laughs> so in the meantime, I did some research into medical mediumship because it kind of sounded like what was happening, you know, um, put the two words together and it kind of makes sense. I tried to sit in the power I picked up what I could from um, studying mediums like Lauren Rainbow, Joe Shield, John Holland, Andy Bing, listening to podcasts, audiobooks, um, and I realized, yeah, I'm not a psychic. I'm not a medium. I am so disconnected from my own intuition. Um, 
I got the tiniest glimpse for that brief period of time of what it must be like for these amazing individuals to connect to something beyond what we can see and bring back information or messages that can be used to guide and serve the highest good. I realized that it was time to start doing the work because if you look at these individuals that I was trying to study, you know, they are so connected. They're connected to, you know, their heart space, which is actually a terminology many of them use. They're just very self-aware. And it helped me to realize in studying them how unself-aware I was. Is that a word? Self-unaware? I don't know. One of the two, but you get it. Um, And it just really highlighted the need for a connection. You know, I'm a a mom of three. Um, My youngest, uh, my three-year-old is on the spectrum. Um, We learn so much from each other every day, but you know, every day is, is busy. Um, I have my own business. My husband has his practice. I work there part-time. I do the social media, um, patient education. I see patients. We do surgeries, procedures. I mean, you name it. So life is crazy. And, um, and I was really allowing myself to just get caught up in the flow with it, but losing my own flow and losing my own inner connection. Um, so yeah, so where, where am I with this ramble? Um, yeah, I realized that it was definitely time to start doing the work and learn to reconnect to self so that by doing so I can then be in a position to help more people instead of pouring myself into my job more, um, you know, and studying more dermoscopy books and reading the journals. I mean, I still do that, but, um, there are other ways to help people. And maybe if instead of going outward, going inward, I could actually be a much stronger foundation to do so. I mean, and I think that makes sense in so many professions and in, you know, a lot of in everyone else's personal life. Um, and, and we'll get there. We'll get there. I mean, that's kind of the backbone of this whole podcast is um, teaching people to reconnect. I mean, I don't have all the answers, but I am really taking leaps and strides and I want to share. And as I uncover more things, talk to more people, um, more professionals, you know, um, more individuals that are just in all these different modalities. I want to share that um, because we can all do better and we can all connect more. Um, yeah, and if if not, at least I can help myself by cultivating more inner awareness. Um, and that was really needed at that time regardless. So it was around that time that somehow Reiki came up. It was interesting because over the years, it had popped up in bite-sized servings. As really young children, my sister, who I have to mention is a gifted and talented medium by the name of Lauren Nichols. You can look her up. She's, I mean, amazing. She's blown me away. I, I, I'm, I can't believe that my sister is able to reach into my head and basically answer my questions without me saying them out loud. It's really freaky. Um, and she's very humble about it. But anyways... Um, We had played on our living room sofa, intuitively sensing energy fields and trying to see each other's aura without anyone ever talking to us about that sort of stuff. So I'm not even sure where that game came from. Weird. Okay, so later in life, a mother of one of her friends, uh, my sister's friends, came over to pick up her daughter 
And um, while she was talking to my mom, our mom can talk endlessly, so she needed something to do. Um, So she began petting our dog Um, and doing what seemed like more than just petting our dog. Um, Just we weren't familiar with, um, you know, the hand placements at the time. So our Shih Tzu, Max, um, the dog that I'm talking about, had suffered a stroke a couple years before. And he was senile and blind. And he'd walk in circles for hours and bump into walls. Mid-conversation... I kid you not, Max jumped up, frisky and spry. He then proceeded to chase our new puppy up and down the stairs with agility and clarity and total determination. Our mother had to ask this woman what she had done to our dog. Her response, one word, Reiki, which of course, you know, led to many other words and (laughs) clarification of what Reiki was because I don't think any of us had any level of familiarity with it at that time. But that opened the door. (laughs) It sure did. Um, So Reiki came up a few more times in my life. Once when I was working in a small town ER. I'll save that story for another time. And um, and in random conversations here and there. But at least like I kind of knew what it was. I got the gist. But it was right around this time when I thought that I was losing my mind and felt the urge to reconnect and rebalance that I walked into a local yoga studio and saw a promotion for a throat chakra-centered Reiki circle. And so it began. It's funny because my intent originally in creating this episode was not actually to talk about Reiki, but here I am. Um, It was actually um, to really kind of piggyback off of a social media 100 character post that I had made about how love is um, non-denominational and how energy healing does not exclude any religion or go against any teachings of a church or spiritual tribe. I wanted to talk about how the heart has its own energy field, which can be measured several feet outside the body. Look it up. It's true. As does the brain. Um, It's just a little weaker than the heart's. Um, (laughs) And so do other vital organs like the lungs. I I just have to throw that in. Um, But, and those are all um, electromagnetic. That's how those are measured. So again, seriously, Google it. Um, but the heart has the strongest energy field in the body. So I didn't want to talk about what I presume to be messages from my own or other spirit guides during Reiki sessions or in clinic. And I really didn't mean to travel down this path. Um, but as I reflect, I feel that it is important to include it all because no matter what path we're on, No matter where we are starting or ending, all of our paths travel from and to love. Doesn't matter what origins you identify with. Doesn't matter what traumas or hardships or blessings you've encountered along the way. Whether we mean for it or not, I'll say it again. Love is its own consciousness. And we all interpret it differently. We may try to label it with the word God. We might call it chi, prana. We may see it as universal wisdom or a higher vibration. Maybe some of us see it as aspects of multiple gods or goddesses. But all I'm saying is that the label we give it doesn't change its power or its existence. Whether we look for it, expect it or not, boom, it's still there. And when you feel it, I mean, when you really feel it, whether it's in a church a Reiki circle on the beach, in temple, in the silence of the woods, on an evangelical stage, or relax in savasana on your yoga mat, 
wherever you are, you have the ability to tap into your heart space, your compassion, and your individual expression, vibration, flavor of love, whatever you, whatever it feels like to you. And you are also constantly surrounded by love, but bigger and greater and warmer than you could ever sense all at once. I'm talking about the unconditional kind. Okay, so I'm going to close this out with a story. Before I became an attuned uh, Reiki master, I joined to practice and help out at a beautiful full moon Reiki circle, which my Reiki master and friend had built over the past couple years. The community that she had gradually been gathering and building was literally a rainbow of people from all over, all professions and walks of life. We live in South Florida, so it's a melting pot and it's beautiful. Everybody was there to feel and to heal, all 60 of them that evening. And for me, this was an absolute privilege. So there were a few new, um, not new, sorry, there were a few masters and uh, level two Reiki practitioners there to support. And we each practiced Reiki on like five to seven total individuals who had come out to receive. That's how we kind of broke it up. Um, this was my first time stepping into the space of a total stranger outside of my healthcare profession with an intent and unspoken trust to connect and channel healing energy. Um, I had done Reiki many times before, but on my own kids, um, friends, you know, family members, um, but never on a total stranger, let alone being surrounded by 60 of them, um, So I almost scolded myself for feeling nervous with what I carried as a huge responsibility to be delivered to the best of my ability, reminding myself that I had done this every day in one shape or another for the past 15 years when I started off as an EMT. This just felt different because, you know, it was more of a spiritual sort of um, sense to it instead of clinical, you know, where um, someone comes to see me for my clinical knowledge so that I can help them. This was just a totally different outfit to try on. um, And it was amazing. So I focused my energy on gratitude and compassion. And I felt my hands light up. If you're familiar with Reiki, this would make sense. I felt my hands light up more than ever before. It was surreal. And everyone's energy from one stranger to the next had its own signature. It was an amazing experience to be able to witness how different one individual felt from another and how it could be sensed intuitively and without visual, verbal, or engaged interaction. Finally, as things were wrapping up, there were a few people left to work with that hadn't been um, treated. So one was a large, real kind of tough guy looking male, and the others were female. Well, I had never worked on a male before, and I wanted to kind of push myself and observe, again, the scientist in me, to see if I could sense a difference in energy and consciously characterize it. Well, what happened next, I would never have seen coming. So I began over the gentleman's sixth chakra, the third eye, and immediately felt palpable grief and despair. Like, what? You know, to the point where I immediately felt like I needed to start crying. Um, so I kind of, you know, hiccuped back, um, my breath cause it kind of caught my, my, took my breath away. Um, and he felt something too, because his eyes popped open, 
glowing white in the moonlight and looking directly into mine, scaring the you-know-what out of me, mind you. He's a total stranger, and I am in his space. And I stammer out and, are you okay? To which he closed his eyes, realizing that someone had begun to work on him. I held my hands there longer, hoping the sensation would lessen, and instead I felt this overpowering urge to, you know, to cry even more so, like ugly cry. So instead of feeling into that too much, I moved to his crown, the top of his head, hoping to shift those feelings away, and again thinking, here I am losing my mind. But did it end there? No. In moving to his crown, I was then overcome with a converse feeling of expansive and unconditional love. This is the love that I've been alluding to and talking about. This unconditional love, just so big. My body and beyond my body felt as if it was held in a warm embrace. To say it was blissful would be an understatement. As I leaned into this feeling, hoping it was being channeled through to the individual before me, because that's why I was there. It wasn't, you know, I wasn't expecting to feel that feeling. I was there for the person in front of me. I then heard and felt a voice. Okay, so things got weirder. Um, this wasn't like the voice of anyone there on the beach. This, this was a voice, that same voice in my head. It wasn't an angelic voice. I didn't hear harps playing or angels singing. This was a gentle but assured voice, as it said, you are loved, you are not alone, very affirmatively. So I felt the understanding that this message was not meant for me. I was just kind of standing in the way, you know, Um, but this was really being directed at the man in front of me. And the voice then said, I am here, I am safe almost like laughing and chuckling. Everything is okay. Everything will be okay. Everything was okay all along. Just know that you are loved and never alone. This clearly was not meant for me, this message. Um, I was kind of scrolling through, trying not to too much let my monkey mind get in the way, but like, who is talking to me? What is this about? But I felt, you know, that inner knowing when you know it's not for you, when someone looking across the room isn't looking at you, but the person behind you. Um, So as my monkey mind started to jump in, the voice changed to a more familiar and playful voice, one that I had heard before um, and felt before. And that voice said, ask him if he's really recently lost somebody, Um, to which I knew better from previous experiences not to do, especially not to the strange mountain of a man in front of me. But my voice persisted. Ask him, maybe yesterday, maybe this week, within the past month. I mean, the playfulness of the voice in this situation, on this topic, put me off, um, as end-of-life transitioning is something I take very seriously and do not discuss lightly, especially with unfamiliars, as we never know where other people are coming from. So I told the voice to shut up and back off and um, continued delivering Reiki channeling as best as I could, but I was slightly distracted. I knew that I somehow needed to share this message with a stranger, um, but still I couldn't shake that feeling of unconditional love. I just wanted to bathe in it. I wanted to go back for more than just that glimpse. Um, So once our circle was complete, I found a way to kind of sidle up to the woman who had accompanied the man and begin a conversation with the both of them. We had a great talk, um, but I'm going to get to the punchline. 
Um, and the delivery was very, very gentle because, you know, past experiences, I've learned how to, to do this a little bit better, but even still, so much learning <laughs> to, to go. Um, but I'll get to the punchline. After striking a few validating chords, I then found out that they had indeed lost a close friend who was part of their group. They made it a point to say part of their group. Um, I was later told by a separate individual that this was actually a recovery group. Um, and they had lost that friend to suicide the very day before. So you tell me, um, is it a coincidence, you know, Is it a coincidence that a voice which came out of this warm, non-physical embrace of unconditional love urged me to ask a stranger if he had lost someone close to him? With a message of, we're all okay, everything was okay, everything is okay. You just have to get past your own illusions. You are loved and you are safe and I'm always here. What does that say about love? Does it tell you that it's fleeting? I don't think so. I think it's reminding us that that energy has been there all along, from beginning to end. Whatever you think that love, with a capital L, is, whatever language your spirituality or beliefs speak to you through, I hope that if you listen to this episode, you heard what you needed to hear, if you needed to hear it. And I hope that it makes you at least think a little bit, if not, about intent, about our limited perspective in our physical lives, and about healing, about how we can still go so much deeper. The most elemental place to start with is yourself, and understanding yourself, and getting clear on your intentions, your beliefs, why they're there, and if and how they serve you. Regardless, when you go out there and create your reality, feel a little deeper, look a little farther, and listen. Because there might be a voice with a message you've been waiting for for some time. But in the meantime, don't wait. Keep yourself willing and open to all perspectives, because that answer may even lay in your connection to a total stranger. Whatever you do, be patient and kind with yourself, because health is a journey that begins within, and I wish you the best of it, and thank you for joining me here today. <laughs>